One, two, three, four. Just another day at my dead end profession. I've lived day to day. Yeah, listen to some good old country records on the radio. Hell, yeah, what else can I say? Welcome back to the program. I'm Ryan Shores. With me, as always, is Dave Callens. What's up? And on the soundboard, Mr. Robert Timothy. Woohoo! Right, every week, every week. Wait, hold on. You're doing the intros. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask no, you a question? No. Every week, as you're doing the intros, Ryan. I don't know if you know this, but Bobby like gears up a little bit. Like he gets all excited in his <laughs> yeah. seat like a child. Getting ready to unleash that. that it's good times, just... man. I do like that you're trying to bite off me though and come up with your own catchphrase. <laughs> what the fuck was that? What's up? Like you were a cool dude in the nineties. What the fuck was that? <laughs> so I want to get right into this. I don't go on Twitter a lot. I just it's the of all the social media platforms, that's the one I use least. I uh, my my Facebook auto posts to it, so I don't mm. have to post on it. So everything that you see on Facebook automatically goes on Twitter, and I just never check it. But um, I uh, noticed one of my friends wasn't on Instagram anymore. I know she was on Twitter, so I jumped on there to be like, hey, just delete your Instagram, blah, 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 blah. While I was on there, I saw like 300 notifications, and I, I check it once a week. It's not like I'm not on there for years where that many notifications would make sense. Like three. Hundred within a week. I was like, <laughs> "What did I do?" You're like a uh, yeah. That's your first thought. Yeah. You're like a 65 year old with text messages. I check them on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. That's how I was with it. And I, I but look. also that's that's the exact reaction. It's never something good. No, like, it's oh, never like shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, hundreds of people just didn't discover the the right, magic right. that is Ryan Shore's it's comedy. Not like you had a tweet go viral and go, oh, here we go. No, no, no. It's always like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and like uh, I've had friends that like have gone viral for something very bad. Like my friend Joe Sib, who mm-hmm. opened for Metallica with Jim Brewer, and he had a very negative experience the first night. Like the Metallica just didn't show up for a while, wow. and so him and Jim Brewer just had to ad lib for oh, like yeah, two hours. That, yeah, and the people did not like it. And the next morning, <laughs> in my mind, that have slowly evolves into them dressing up like Metallica and trying to pass it off. <laughs> and so the next morning, he told me that uh, he woke up to on tour on tour. With Metallica and Jim Brewer, he woke up to his wife and two daughters texting him, Dad, don't go on social media. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a good feeling. So anyways. Well, I mean, also, we've talked about this before. Comedy and music don't really mix. Like, who's going to a Metallica concert? Like, oh, great, comedy to start? Oh, this is going to be awesome. And I know that Bobcat Goldblade opened for Nirvana back in the early 90s, and they literally threw a person at him. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden, that dude just got thrown (laughs) at the stage and just landed there. (laughs) It was another smaller comic. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I see these notifications. I'm like, the fuck is going on? Some of them, I'm just tagged in something, but some of them are directed uh, at me. They have the word Stern in their in their name. It's oh, all a handle that says Stern. So something's this or Howard fan or Stern fan. I'm like, did I piss off Howard Stern? Because let me tell you right now, just the way I have the power to invoke a couple hundred people at a troll, Stern has this power of millions. Yeah, I would never want to invoke the ire of Howard Stern. If I, I might say something negative about Howard Stern this episode, but if he ever found out, yeah. I would backpedal and become a little <laughs> bitch immediately. Is he? I, this is how ignorant I am. Is he still on the radio? Like, is he? He's th- on Sirius XM. He's on satellite radio. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing, though. Is like, 
with Howard Stern fans, I'm probably going to wake up to like 50 notifications after this comes out. Howard Stern fans are like the worst people. They are they the just, worst. They're terrible. They are fu- And this is what I'm going to say about Howard Stern fans right now before I even say what I did. Howard St- Stern fans are juggalos that are too stupid to put on face paint. <laughs> Imagine a juggalo with no face paint. He's drinking fucking sugary fago. He's hitting something with a hatchet and, and just no face paint. Instead, he's wearing a work shirt. He's obese. He's got fucking pockmarks on his cheeks and gin blossoms on his nose and a receding hairline. Here's fucking every Howard Stern fan. Also, oh. uh, definitely correct and he. Yes, yes. No woman. Right. Right. Is a Howard Stern fan. Right, right. So here, here's every single Howard Stern fan. Oh, Howard, first time caller, long time listener. Howard, when you said that broad's panties smelled like tuna, oh, Howard, that was the funniest thing I ever heard. I had to pull over on the expressway because I was late. That's why you're the king, Howard. Howard, can you hear me? Oh, I spilled coffee on my balls at Hoyts. Oh, Howard, love you, Howard. Going to call back tomorrow. That's every oh, single Jesus. Stern fan. Yeah. Just for reference, uh, there is a the, um, the worst comic ever in San Diego. I think I just recently called I was a guy. Just thinking him. <laughs> uh, the, the worst comic. I just said it the other week. I t- I changed my mind. He's the second worst. The worst comic that was ever in San Diego was a guy who regularly calls into to Howard Stern. That you, if you listen to Stern, you might know him as Jesse from San Diego. His name's Jesse Switzer. That was the wor- he tried comedy for six months, like seven years ago. He was the worst fucking guy because he was just that guy. He was just that guy. He's like, oh, uh, here's eight um, uh, derogatory uh, words for vagina. That was his act. Anyways, uh, you know. So so what did you do to get this ire of apparently (laughs) (laughs) Jersey-sounding ignorant people against you? So, as I said, if you invoke the rage of Howard Stern, his fucking uh, sycophantics will come with him. I opened... For a man a few weeks ago, or no, maybe even a month ago, named uh, Stuttering John Melendez. Yeah, we talked about it on this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. And as, I think as you pointed out on that time, horrible Howard Stern fans yes. coming to the show ruining it. And by the way, I've opened for three different cast members from Howard Stern. I've opened for Jim Florentine, uh, Todd Glass, just Stuttering John Melendez. I was supposed to open for Artie Lang, but he did not show up. Mm. Um, so anyways. Probably uh, a dental appointment. Yeah, that, I think that's it. I think that's it. Probably stuck in traffic. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, and I every time I fucking open for Howard Stern cast members, these fucking mutants show up covered in Cheeto dust, and you can always tell which ones they are because they're fucking shaped like mashed potatoes, and they're covered <laughs> in Cheeto dust, and they're going, hey, talk about pussy. They, they yell it at the stage. Yeah. You know what the thing is, though? Howard Stern fans, when I, when I open for these guys, they love me. For the wrong reasons. And I hate it because every time I, I finish up for, like, you know, Florentine or somebody, they'll come at me and they'll be like, oh, man, you were so funny. God, you're funny. You say the word fuck a lot, brother. <laughs> me too. I say fuck all the time. Finally, someone who's not a libtard faggot that says fuck. I'm like, I don't want you as my fan. I don't want you as my fan. That's the worst when you appeal to the wrong demographic. Yes. Like, oh, my God. So, anyways. I, I think Ryan has a new bit. Quite frankly, I mean, if it's working, it's working. <laughs> you should change your radio personality. Right. So, I opened for stuttering John Melendez. And just for those of you that are not a Stern fan, and I just learned this this week, the history of this whole thing. 
Stuttering John Melendez was like an intern on the Howard Stern Show in the early 90s. He got the gig because he had a stutter, and uh, Howard Stern's like, oh, you know what would be funny? You know what would be funny? Uh, We're going to make him interview celebrities and say horrible things. And so he got on the show, and he was on the show for a long time, and then he wanted more money, and Howard Stern said no, and so he left. And ever since then, Stuttering John has been a nobody who fucking just does stand-up gigs for 400 bucks a pop. Yeah. Anyways, if you ever dare to leave the Howard Stern show, all his fucking cult following will just dub you as the worst person on earth. Like, you Uh. left Howard. You're a piece of shit. And they have nothing to do but track these people's careers forever and just hate on them no matter where they go. Now, listen. Jesus, what a fucking albatross. When I opened for John Melendez, listen, he was a super nice guy. I really liked talking with him. His stand-up, not for me, okay? It just wasn't for me. It was misogynistic. It was hacky, but whatever. He sold the place out. Sure. I was happy to be there opening for him. It was what it was, all right? So I I did the show. I took a picture with him. I went home, I got, and, and that was that. Or so I thought. <laughs> I go on Twitter to find out that the fact that I did a show with someone who dared to leave the Howard Stern show invoked the rage, the ire of all these basement-dwelling New Jerseyans that just decided that now, oh, if you're not with Howard, you're against him. Hundreds of tweets towards me. Fuck you, you piece of shit. You work with Melendez. Oh, wow. you, I'm telling Howard on you. You're not <laughs> funny. You're never going to be funny. You should be like Howard and talk about pussy. <laughs> hey, hey, fuck it. Just, just wow. get a fucking life. Are you serious? I think what's interesting is if you imagine what that person does, when did he leave the show? When did Stuttering John get kicked off that show? I think pre-2000. So you'd think that somebody has been holding this quote-unquote grudge for 20-plus years against somebody. They have literally adopted to new formats. When they first started hating him, there was no Twitter. Yeah. Like, it didn't exist. He has to write letters. Yeah. Yeah. He's station. constantly writing to different guys. <laughs> Fuck you, say pussy. How do you spell pussy, ma? <laughs> ma! Ma! No, put your miracle in. I need to learn how to say. Ma, is, is Con C or K? <laughs> yeah, you know, like President Roosevelt never had to deal with this. This is fireside chats. It's like people <laughs> furiously writing letters with ink and pen. Oh my God. It's just so insane. And, uh, dude, I'm not bothered by it or even upset by it. I'm baffled by it. Uh, it's not like, oh, please stop. I didn't even notice these idiots sure. for a straight week. So that's how much they're affecting me. But at the same time, I'm like, because I was on a show with a guy who was on a different show 20 years ago. This, this, this is how you're going to respond to it. You know what's really funny? So th- there was a psychologist that was recently talking about all the issues that happen with young people in terms of social media and how people can basically gang up on you and ruin your life and stuff. And one of the things that they that she was talking about that was really interesting that I had never even considered until I heard it, and it makes total sense, they were talking to her like, well, what can we do? Because like... You know, they're on Twitter 24 hours a day. These big gangs of kids will get together and, like, the mean girls and be like, just attack one person. Yeah. Right. And they're like, actually, you want to know you can flip it and you can, you can, like, bother them so much that they will sometimes leave social media. Huh. Is you just constantly, and they showed them, they showed screenshots of this one kid just constantly writing. He goes, hey, you idiots know this is Twitter, right? Not the real world. You're wasting your time on this. And he just constantly belittled them as they came after him. And apparently, like, psychologically speaking, 
it infuriates people who try and bully like that because their whole thing is, I find this important. Mm. If you don't find this important, I must make you find it important. Weird. And so they showed the messages that came back, and they're like, yes, it is important, and how come everybody's on Twitter? Blah, blah, blah. And they kept going. Really? It infuriated them. Yeah. yeah, I have a new tool in my arsenal. Right. So, like, downgrading and just saying, oh, this, this is total bullshit. Because keep in mind, think of that person. Think of that person that spends so much time on Twitter trying to do that. That has to be a big part of their life. The second you insult this broad thing of... Hey, loser, you're spending your time writing 140 characters? It literally crumbles the thing they feel the best out about themselves. Oh, wow. One one thing that uh, I've seen people do that I always thought was funny, like with with hundreds of notifications, that's too much of an effort. I wouldn't fucking yeah, bother. Sure. Yeah. But I think what's fun to do is like any like hateful message you get, you just respond back, thanks for your support. Ah. Or always nice to hear from a fan. Just something short or ah. like you glossed right over. You're like, Great to oh, hear from a fan. Thank you. You know what? I'm going to try with a few of these guys. I <laughs> bet you, uh, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to respond to every single one, thanks for the fan, and I'm going to read the responses to that. <laughs> I bet that's going to be great. Bobby, since you're a scientist, Ed. I think we should set this up. Make Ryan do two control groups. Okay, yeah. So we'll one where he thanks him yes. for support. One where he's like, this is just Twitter. Yeah. And you can analyze the results and see which one works better. See which one we make yeah. go crazier. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Oh, so last night I had my show up in Alpine. Um, so usually great show, okay? <laughs> little little chaos factor happened this time is these people showed up. Threw a stink bomb in there. <laughs> ran away. For a 40th birthday party. Now, they came to the, the manager, Kyle, who is my co-producer on the show, and said, we want to rent out the whole venue. <laughs> and th- these were white trash motherfuckers, yeah, too. Of course. And th- he went, uh, three grand. And they went, what? No, we're just going to show up. <laughs> like, well, okay, but the back patio is closed for a comedy show. And they agreed to that. All right. So first of all, I found this out later. This already sounds troubling. <laughs> they trashed the place and only spent, uh, with this whole party, $200. What? Jesus. That's their whole party, okay? Did they all share four PBRs? What the fuck? <laughs> I know. So anyways, so anyway, the setup there is it's a sunken in stage. People, the, the people are raised up. Mm. And there is a door that goes into the brewery next to the stage, which is closed during the show. You're not allowed to go in or out of it. Because it's right next to the stage. It's too right distracting. there. Yeah. It's too distracting. There's a door at the, at the other side of the venue that you can go around, okay? To accentuate this point, the, the manager puts two keg barrels, a hand truck, and a mop and bucket in front, plus three signs all saying, do not go out this door. So I want you to teach this guy about locks. <laughs> well, there's no lock. there's no <laughs> I lock can simplify there. the fuck out of this for you. Anyways, I don't know how it happened, but uh, this woman, let me paint a picture. True religion jeans. Hollis- I don't even know what that is. <laughs> It's the rhinestone jeans with the little cross oh, in, the, in the back God. pocket made right. out of bedazzle. Okay, Jesus. A uh, Hollister shirt and a bejeweled trucker hat. Of course. Okay. Bleach blonde with black underneath because it's 2004. Somehow crawled over all that barrier <laughs> with her two kids. <laughs> oh, my God. Two kids. Comes out, sees there's a comedy show in progress. Wait, is she part of this group that wanted? Yes, okay. she's part of the party that said, we want to rent this out. <laughs> we have less than $200. Huh? Comes out, sees that there is a comedy show in progress, and instead of going, ooh, because she was, she obviously brought them out there to use the bathroom in the yeah. back, instead of going, ooh, sorry, and running them over there, she goes, oh, and starts doing a dance. Oh, oh, on the God. stage next to me. Oh, hey, y'all. And starts waving her arms up and down. And then 
goes to her kids. She goes, hey, hey, do do the dance mama taught you. Do the dance mama. And decides this what? is the this is her moment. This, this is her, her talent show. She, yes, she, she, she walked out. There's spotlights on her. The whole audience turns from me to her. Like, what the fuck, lady? And she's like, oh, oh, finally. It's my time. I'm here, baby. This is how showbiz works. This yep. is her America's Got Talent. <laughs> She's been training these piece of shit kids how to dance for years, and it's finally going to pay off right now. And her ugly little kids start doing a choreographed dance that she taught her. I literally went, get the fuck out of here. And she she covered their ears and went, these are children. And I went, fuck you. <laughs> Bad dancing children. Oh, so I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And she's like, fuck you. My kids are funnier than you. And so she they used the bathroom. And on the way out of the bathroom, she goes, she runs in front of the stage and starts trying to do her dance again. Okay, again. Oh my so anyways, God. I say, uh, I went, everyone boo this fucking idiot. <laughs> and they all booed her, and she flipped everyone off and went back inside with her kids. Then, during the comedy show, she somehow snuck around oh the venue, into the back, snuck in, and jumped up into the audience and started trying to like dance and get the attention on her again. So, wow. long story short, this is now Ryan's new closer. This. <laughs> <laughs> so, we and, by the way, it wasn't like a fuck you, I know you don't like this. It was, no, I really think I can get people on board oh my with God. my little dance. What's funny and is. And be the center of attention. We've all bombed on stage. Everybody bombs sure. on stage. She basically accidentally bombed. She walked through a door that led to an incidental stage bombing. Right. And decided to go with it. That's the craziest thing. We bust our asses to do comedy, and bombing is the horrible worst side of it. You want to make people laugh. Sometimes you fuck up. You don't make people laugh, and you feel horrible about that shit, but it's worth it because you want to go make people laugh. She's only getting the bombing. No, there's no, no. no applause. Here's there's the no thing. laughter. Here's the thing. In her mind, Ryan is the bully. <laughs> That audience was loving her dance until Ryan's like, yes, get the fuck out of here. That is absolutely. And then when Ryan said boo her, oh. they only did that because he's got a microphone. He's a bully. They oh. would have loved it, but he's like, hey, boo this woman. It's like, okay, I guess we're supposed to boo now. So, no, that's absolutely it. And when she snuck in, it was, no, I will take my power back. Yeah. They will start cheering. Now, for, for those of you listening at home, have you ever walked into a, a conference room at work and a meeting was taking place? Yeah. You know where you go, oh, shit, and close the door and hope no one saw your face? Right. Imagine instead of that, you go, oh, and grab the laser pointer from the guy <laughs> leading the fucking meeting. Oh, my God. And go, no, no, watch this. I don't know what's going on here, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then when people say, get the fuck out of here, you're fired, you sneak <laughs> through the other door and go, no, second chance, second chance. <laughs> I, you know what? Right, I think you had a missed opportunity here. Well, you should have hit the kids. <laughs> you should have snuck back to their party and just like like when they started singing Happy Birthday, jumped in. Oh, it's for me! It's for Ryan! Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that sucked. Um, I think better than that, and, and Ryan is skilled enough to do this, he could have snuck into the party, like integrated, so they don't know he's not one of them, and just like made some comments to get them to fight each other. <laughs> Like he, it would have been brilliant. <laughs> You're not as fat as Susie says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of um, people that, that come after people online, there is a uh, a guy that um, he follows me online, and every anytime that I put a troll on notice, he's he's always right there for me. You know, he always you know shares it and jumps in, and so. 
I guess he's now uh, trying to be a, a comic. He's doing open mics now. He's been. He told me he's been at it six months. At, at one point, he tagged me in something on Facebook, and I looked at it and said, "Hey Ryan, go go after this asshole that's the, that doesn't understand comedy." I'm like, "Well, oh, you know, I, I I like to help out. You know, I, I do. This guy's always been there for me." Let's see what he said. I go to the original post, and the guy who he wants me to go after basically said, "Hey man, that's really not cool." To to the guy in question here. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the original post, and it was a super derogatory joke about Jews. <laughs> I was like, oh, the joke itself was, what do you call a table full of Jews at a restaurant? A 1% tip. <sighs> ah, and, he ta- and the guy went, this, guy, this other guy who I don't know went, hey, man, that's really not cool. And he's like, hey, Ryan, fucking light this guy up. He doesn't understand comedy. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm there like, Ah, I really would like to help. <laughs> For what question one? Are you of a Jewish ancestry? Because <laughs> that will maybe make this possible for me. Otherwise, uh, I yeah, I'm like even if you are, yeah, yeah that's, uh... So I was put in this position where a guy that's always been a staunch supporter of me and, and and very cool to me is suddenly wanting me to back up his anti-Jew propaganda. I'm like, oh, boy, what a position. I'm like, I, I, I even told him, like, is this the hill you want to die on? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Have you ever been put in that position where someone, uh, not just like this, obviously, but where someone that's always had your back is out of line and they come to you for support, and you kind of feel like an asshole that you don't back them the way they've always backed you. Oh, totally. I mean, this happens all the time. If you have a good enough circle of friends, this will happen to you. This already. happens in the archaeology world all the time. <laughs> Eminent domain is like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Some guy digs up a mummy and he goes, uh, Jew, right, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. No, I had one that I, this happened this this week that I was really happy I didn't go along with, which is at work we have native monitors who are like representatives of the tribe. And we had a different one show up this week that I like worked with like 10 years ago and I know her. And what is it that you do? I uh, is a grave robber. We yeah, talked about this. Yeah, basically we're watching. No, but, but, but uh, people have asked me like, what is Bob? Sure. Why is Bobby always on construction sites? Break it down to one sentence. So I'm oh, an archaeologist. On these on these sites, I'm the archaeologist, and when they're digging through the ground, I'm looking for archaeological sites. All right, so so uh, so if a, a guy on parole like uh, uh, hits a sarcophagus, yes, yes, <laughs> he he would just throw it in the dumpster and go, oh fuck this, yeah, oh yeah. man. By the way, big fan Howard, I'm on the fucking <laughs> job right now. Found the mom. Me. You have not gotten this to fucking the... Jew over here wants me to save it, not throw it in the dumpster. You are still way too classy for the <laughs> There was no sexual assault of the mummy. Nobody tried to smoke the mummy, mistaking it for narcotics. Oh no. Anyway, so you're just there to make sure yeah. if they happen to dig into something that's historically significant, yes. don't fuck it up. You can say, yeah. "Hey, everyone, stop what yes. you're doing and go back to I'm hitting your wives." Ruin. About once, about once a month, I find a prehistoric site that they're going through it. Oh, really? Yeah. So Is it, that often? Yeah. Shit. So anyway, anyway, we're there, and we have this new native monitor. Now, the person she works for, her boss— I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about some fucking guy discovering all this. Oh, another fucking Triceratops. I'm fucking (laughs) over it. So uh, we have this new native monitor, and I've known her boss for like 15 years since I've been in archaeology. He's a really nice guy. He's helped me out a bunch. He's he's good at what he does. And she showed up, and I was like, oh, you're here. The person we used to have here, it's usually his regular job. She's like, yeah, he got fired. Uh, He took too many days off. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, She's like, yeah, because, you know, 
my boss is a dick. And I was like, uh, I don't know. He doesn't seem like a dick. I've worked with him a lot. And he seems pretty nice. She's like, no, you don't know him enough. He's a huge asshole. Get a little bit later, she starts talking about how, oh, man, I'm afraid uh, I might get fired because I've done this wrong and this and this. And I was like, oh, but your boss knows what's up. He's a nice guy. She's like, no, he's a fucking asshole. He's a jerk. You don't know him. He's an asshole. She goes into this diatribe like probably 10 times throughout a regular eight-hour day. And I'm always going – like. You know, there's that there's that weird thing where you want to just be like, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, what an asshole that right, guy is. Right. But I like I know this guy and he's nice. And even though it's awkward, I'm like, I'm just going to stick to my guns on this. So she keeps saying it, I keep going. I mean, you know him better than I do, but every experience I've had, he's a really good guy. And he's done a lot of really good stuff. And I list it off. And she's like, no, fuck that guy. So no joke, we're going at the end of the day to the office to go sign out in, on like the timesheets. And as we're going out, she gets this No pterodactyls found. <laughs> she gets a text and she looks up and her face goes white. And I was like, what's up? What's going on? And she goes, my boss just texted me. It said, you've been butt dialing me all day. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> And I was like, that how great. Because I amazing. immediately had the oh shit too. And then I thought- Oh no, I defended that guy literally every time. Like if he, if he heard anything, it was her being an asshole and me defending him. I'm totally fine about this, but how horrible. And she has no idea if he heard her. She has no to this day, like right now, she doesn't know how much he heard and whether or not this quote unquote asshole is going to fire her. I mean, based on what she's what you're telling us she said, I feel like he would have fired her. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna. I've been butt dialed. I've never heard a legible word during right. Yeah. yeah, it's all yeah. Because you listen. You always listen. Oh, yeah. You're like, what did this motherfucker say? I'm like, oh, my wife butt dialed me. Let's see if she's fucking other dudes. <laughs> and then all I hear is yeah. <laughs> so the only thing that that comes to mind when I think of that is like the classic bar scenario where like some guy gets into a bar fight. Yeah. And your friend, you know, backs yeah, you sure, up. Sure, sure. Like some guy's talking shit to you, and your friend backs you up. And then finally that guy goes and just is a complete asshole to someone else and yes. wants you to back him up. And you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. What you're doing is different. Yes. That's not cool. I have the worst case scenario of that. All right. So I had a friend um, for a number of years. He was the classic little man's complex. Oh, okay, yeah, man. Yeah. He was like, he was like, um, he was like five eight or maybe uh -huh. smaller. He was a small dude. A very good martial artist. Okay, that, that's also because of that. Sure. And usually, uh, what martial arts does for you is it makes you more confident. You right. know, it does. I, I I know very few martial artists that want to fight constantly. Yeah. That's just the truth. Uh, this guy was the exception of the rule, and there are exceptions to the rules, like you know, fucking war sure, machine. War machine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, we would always be. And by the way, he was the smallest guy of our crew. It was me at six one, my friend Sterling at six four, and my friend Dan. That, that you know him. He was the the big Nigerian wrestler. Mm, yeah. Fucking built like a brick shit house. So he would always go to the bar. Talk shit and be like, yeah, fuck you. Get him, guys. <laughs> really? He would, we were like his little sicking crew, and yeah. we started to get fucking tired of it. The first couple times it happened, like, hey, he's fucking with our friend. Let's go fuck him up. But then, like, after like five or six times a week of that, you're yeah, like, you yeah. know what? Come on, man. What's going on here? What? You know, he, he, was, he was calling me short. I'm like, was he saying that? Well, with his eyes. Yeah. He was <laughs> looking over my head, which yeah. you can only do if I'm short. He's the guy that always, if you're not with him, he has a black eye and a bloody lip. Like, what happened? Like, some guy started shooting at the, uh, the bar for no reason. Yeah. Like, mm, yeah, no. What would he tell me? Reason. If I asked the guy, what would he say? Well, he would say I slapped the drink out of his hand and said, stop looking at me for being short, but it, it didn't happen. Anyway, so finally, one night, we're at a bar, and uh, Cirque du Soleil was in town. And some acrobats were at the bar. 
looking all handsome and fit. <laughs> and he didn't like that. I think that's what, how this all started. I think he didn't like it. These tall, slender, muscular dudes who were getting a lot of female attention, by the way. That was another trigger for him. Uh-huh. If anyone else in the bar was getting female attention, he would try and fight them because he was a fucking asshole. I'm not friends with them anymore. Um, so anyways, he went true to form and started shit with these guys. And then when he came to us to back him up, we all, like, privately, when we saw him, like, fucking with these goddamn Cirque du Soleil acrobats. <laughs> By the way, we could have taken him. But, sure. but we're, we're like, I, I'm fucking, are you guys tired of this? Are you guys tired of Johnny's <laughs> shit as I am? Because look at him right over there right now. He has literally fucked with them because they're getting more chicks than him. And, and so, uh, you know what? If he fucking starts shit, let's all leave. We all did that. We, we, we made a pact right there. We're not backing him up again. If he starts shit, we're going to leave. And, and all of a sudden, he starts squaring up with them like, let's just go now without telling him. <laughs> so we all left. And I'm sure he turned to our booth where we were seated, and we were gone. And uh, the next day... He was in the hospital. <laughs> they went too far. They cracked his skull. Oh god! They Jesus. cracked. They they cracked his skull. Now that now we're left with this tremendous sense of guilt. Sure. We could have at least stopped that. We could have we could have let him get his ass kicked a little. But these guys went too far and cracked wow. his skull. So yeah, I still hold on to that guilt. That's funny. Yeah, not I, enough to be friends with them anymore. I mean, when I was in college, there was in my fraternity. Whenever the shit would go down, they would always yell for one of two people, and it was either me or the big, gigantic football player. Okay. And it was always super frustrating. At the time, I was 175 pounds, and if something's going down in a fraternity up there, it's at least five dudes from Oakland that have shown up, and they're huge and scary, right. and they've got bats. And you know, like, that is the scary thing about uh, college life is uh, the shitty parts around town yes. all have this idea, let's just go to the college area, yeah. and we'll get chicks to let us into the party. They, 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 they remember what they've seen on TV in the movies right. where everyone's just invited in, yeah. and then they get there, and they're looking ghetto as fuck, yeah. and nobody wants them in, and they start problems. It happened almost every weekend at SD. Well, not just that, but where we were, that was one of the, and I don't know if this is like legit true or just young men like fucking off, but it was like an initiation, right? You would go in with your buddies into a fraternity and just fight your way out. And like, that was a thing that happened uh, quite that a bit. Not a th- well, I was never in a fraternity, but I'd, I'd never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it would it happen. It sounds like a fucking death sentence. Yeah, well, it, was, <laughs> it was really dumb. But uh, regardless, they would always either get me or the big giant football player. Now the big giant football player was 6'6 and you know, 300 pounds and moved like a fucking Olympian. Right. And I was 175 pounds at this time, only having boxing experience. Like, no, had not taken other martial arts yet. And so it was always terrifying because you'd get these little dudes who all of a sudden would get confronted by six giant black men with baseball bats. And my name was the first one they would yell every time. (laughs) I would be like three feet away. They'd be like, Bobby. And I'm like... I'm 15 pounds heavier than you. This yeah. is this is not equal out in these scenarios. And it always ended up with that where I was just like, all right, let's try and calm this down. And if not, I will just fight long enough for the football player to join this fray. Like, that is my goal is to delay this thing long enough. I always love that fucking uh, fallacy about any type of combat sport or martial art, which is uh, from watching Jackie Chan movies, you yeah. can defeat like five guys. In oh, room. yeah, yeah. Anytime I fought more than one person, I would get my ass yep. stomped. And like I'd have like my face all fucked up. People like, well, I thought you knew martial arts. I'm like, I'm trained to fight <laughs> one person yes. who does not have friends or weapons. Right. Yes, and, and it's never the scenario you think of, right? So, like, no. it, it, when we have a fight, it is, you know that fight's coming, you you know the exact time. It's like time. a narrow hallway where it's only one at a yeah. time to face you. You're, like, building up, you know what's gonna happen. Whenever it's another fight, it's just like, 
hey, I was talking to that girl, and all of a sudden somebody's throwing a punch at me. Like, you're not ready for it. You're not wearing the right shoes. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I also have more news for you. Even if it was one at a time, if I defeat one guy, I'm gassed. Yes. <laughs> I'm fucking tired. Oh, you're going to send a fresh guy at me? I can't do this. I had the, the greatest version of that ever was one time in my fraternity, we were walking out after a party, and there were these three dudes in my buddy's room, and I saw that he was walking them out. It was the end of the night. I was going to brush my teeth. I'm in, like, my going-to-bed clothes. You brush your teeth after a party? That's weird. Well, before I go to bed. But, uh... No, you're, you're all wasting. You're brushing your teeth. This is foreign to me. <laughs> but anyway, so he's walking these dudes out, and I could sense, like, a little weird energy. So I was like, hey, Ali, you want some help? And he's like, yeah, 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 come with me. And so we walk these dudes out, and they're getting more and more belligerent. They didn't brush their teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting more and more belligerent as we're walking towards the door, and one of them especially is getting really, really excited. And as we get near the door, he just whips his shirt off. He's like, come on, guys, let's go. Let's do this. And this was right as we were getting to the door. Now, my buddy who was walking him out, one of the reasons I was really concerned. Are they bigger dudes? I'm sorry. Uh, they're all, the one dude is probably about 200 pounds, so he's probably got about 25 pounds on me. The other okay. guys are about my size. Okay. And so as we get to it, my buddy who I was with, Ali, he's got a broken hand. And that's why I was really worried about him. It's like straight up in a cast the whole nine a, yards. It was, a, it was a teeth brushing incident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as we, were, as we were walking him out, that happened. So I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, Ali, go, go, get everybody. And I, I, it was as we were at the door. And the last thing I did is I realized I don't want these guys in our house. <laughs> I'm seeing him like, like Gary Oldman in The Professional. Get, get everyone. 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 And I, I, like, I, I literally like push him out of the house. And I'm closing the door. And as I do... Like, because of the, we have a double door, they burst through the other side and just started wailing on me. The first guy punched me in the back of the head, and they dragged me Ooh, out. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And they dragged me out, and I was just getting pummeled. We fought on the porch. It literally spilled off into the sidewalk. And I still remember, to this day, it's like one of those times that it, where it's it's where real life becomes a movie. It's like one of those things where you, you watch a movie, and you go, that would never happen. And Bobby it, still it, remembers. He's like, did I floss? <laughs> No, it, I just remember this huge melee going on. Again, only martial art I have at this time is boxing, so I ha I'm fucking no useless game. on the ground. Okay. And there's three dudes, and I get thrown down onto the concrete. A dude on each arm jumped on me, and literally, the big dude, I am looking up as he raises his foot and is stomping down towards my head. Oh. I am on the concrete. There is no moving. There are two other dudes holding me down. And I remembered thinking like, Holy shit, this could be your last memory. Like a foot coming down on your head in a fight can be the last I've memory. I've had that thought before. I'm like, this is it. And Bobby's saying, wait a second, 12 to 6 is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Not on stops. Uh, and then, like, like. Oh shit, they're doing pride rules. <laughs> like a movie. I remember I couldn't even cover my face because my arms are being held down. And like a movie, I just wince and close my eyes and it never came. And when I looked up, instead of looking at the bottom of his shoe, I couldn't figure out why this was, but I was looking at it. A flag came out and said, bang. Take <laughs> ah, <dang> it, pranks. <laughs> he, he had ripped his shirt. It was a guy who had ripped his shirt off in the beginning. And I was looking at like his bare torso, and I was like super confused. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Is he like about to jump on me? Like, what's going on? And then he took a dump on my chest. Well, no. And then he just moved sideways. And again, I had this spike had spilled all the way onto the sidewalk. And he just moved like sideways and ab above me. And as I kind of like peeked out and looked up, his head is just run at full speed into the side of a car. And I was like, what the fuck? And I looked up and the big giant football player who had heard the commotion ran down. And as that guy was stomping me in the face, he had picked him up by the belt loop and the scruff of his collar and run him head first into a Ford Explorer. That's so beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm looking and they were like, and then those two dudes who were on me looked up like, oh, we are not in the right. This is bad news for us right now. As this, as this giant offensive lineman just starts mauling everybody like a bear. 
there. That's so good. But, Bobby's strategy after that, since he was always the first name called, he started carrying a fake mustache in his pocket. <laughs> when someone was like, Bobby, he'd slap the mustache on. I'm like, I'll see if he's in the room. Let me go check. And he'd run away. I am Senor Roberto. Surprise. So last thing before we get out of here, uh, coronavirus. That's, yeah. it. that's the big. Now, I wonder how. The day we're taping this Saturday, this is the first case of a death in the United States. Now, the thing is, this has really screwed up the economy as well. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's. So and travel and everything. Everything, everything. Now, and Corona sales, for real. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. it has. Yeah, yeah. The worst part's the jokes. Yeah. The worst part is the jokes. <laughs> Dave, you're no, you're no better after. after no, today. no. They, they stopped, uh, like, 38% yeah, of people yeah. think that... Well, you, no, it's, it's not that they think. It's just for no, whatever they're like, reason. They're not going to drink Corona. It's, it's bad brand awareness. They yeah. have they have literally lost like 38% of sales. That's really yeah. not fair. <laughs> anyway, so um, the, the thing is, I worked in healthcare for many years, and it, every year there is a health scare. Sure. Every, every year. And by the way, the the market uh, also, like it, it's it's down. It's down. I just... I, huh. I, I'll, I'll clue you in. I've, I've lost $20,000 in three days. In the stock market? Uh-huh. In Vegas. He took a little trip. <laughs> yeah, you know, ten of it was on a hooker that turned out to be a guy. Ah. Um, but like, no, twenty thousand in 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 two days. I mean, that will recover. It's not like I, I because like the market's taking a, a beating like this three times in. Uh, no, I'm sorry, like twelve times in the last two decades, and it, it will come back. So, what are your thoughts on it? Because I think right now there there are exactly yes, one death has happened in the U.S. in in, in the U.S. In the U.S., there are exactly, exactly 15 confirmed cases, okay? Outside of the quarantine from the ship. So we do have U.S. cases that were quarantined from a Japanese ship, but you're talking about endemic cases. Right. Uh, just for reference, uh, average shark attacks per year, as in the thing that like is is held as the standard of this probably won't happen to you, Mm -hmm. 16. Yeah. So But that's worldwide. So there's more than 16 deaths worldwide already, right? But I'm saying in the U.S. uh, No, I'm saying in the U.S., 16 shark attacks per year. But not deaths. No, uh, but th- th- there's not 15 deaths. He's just saying, like, oh, people are afraid of sharks when there's only yes. 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, yeah, and so there's 15 cases yes. of, of coronavirus, and of those 16, there's usually one death. Yeah. The numbers are pretty equal sure. in that regard. Now, it could spread, but I don't think that it, it is. Uh, every time one of these scares happens, it makes a bunch of old white ladies go, ah! But I don't know. What do you think? Well, so here's what's interesting. We've had a couple of coronaviruses sweep through. We had SARS. uh, We had MERS. Both of them had slightly higher fatality rates, but they did kill a shitload of people. I, I mean, per capita, I guess you'd say. So these viruses can kill us. We will probably have an endemic infection, and they will probably just be a thing we now live with, is that you will get coronavirus on a relatively like frequent basis like so think of the so you fl- think it's gonna be the new flu that you get yeah. like maybe once a year so think of the flu so the flu all right we think of it as something that's been around the flu that you currently catch came into existence in 1968 in hong kong so before that there wasn't the same flu season that we really? now yeah so that, that's similar yeah so that fucking so, asians man yeah always coming up with these new. well diseases. all the flus come from asia so from china specifically but uh every year the flu comes from china so th- all of that means that those endemic infections that keep like coming back through the population, we think of them as part of our daily lives. They aren't. And we've talked about it on this show before. The flu is like the fifth leading cause of death in the United States. It kills a shit ton of people. Yeah, you know, babies and old people. Fuck them. 70,000 some odd people. Right behind sharks. The other year. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that, we could theoretically have an endemic infection that sweeps through the population and kills a bunch of people. It seems to have high death rates. 
Here's a few things. Stern fans, hopefully. Oh, yeah. They go, Howard, I got the virus. Are you going to help me? Here's a long time listener. Oh, I spilled coffee on my balls again. Here's a few interesting things about it. Might not be as bad here as it is in other places because, one, it affects males worse than females, but specifically Asian males. So China was a bad place. And then you are much more likely, male, female, Asian or not, to get infected if you smoke. So China was like the fucking perfect storm of a place for this to jump out. You have a lot of Asian males who smoke, right? Yeah. And so they have a much higher rate. So and they might- to pee on hookers. Does that come into play Yes, all, totally, or? yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that spreads through a population much faster through those those groups. So, like, we might not have as big a deal. There's actually some numbers out that think that, like, northern Scandinavia, it might not even make its way through because females in northern Scandinavia are, like, not very likely at all to get it. So it might not even make its way through the population. It, but it will likely become an endemic infection in the United States. People will get it. A certain percentage of those people will die. Right now, the deaths are almost all in the the tail end of the age of, uh, like, 60-plus. Okay. Uh, the one U.S. death was somewhere like that, was somebody with impaired health. However, there are a few cases in mainland China of young, healthy men uh, dying. So it could also later be- mutate and become more virulent or whatnot. Here's the thing to remember, though. So everybody's going crazy. They're buying masks. Those like cheap doctor's masks do essentially nothing. They don't. They will not. You need a well, respirator. Also, like half the time when I see someone wearing one of those masks, they have it down under their yeah. chin so they can talk to somebody. I'm like that's completely useless. That would happen like, all the fucking time in when I was working in clinics. Like yeah. it, they, I would literally, I would see their symptoms. Like uh, when I was checking them in, I would be like, uh, this patient has uh, sore throat, fever, cough. That is. Absolute, you need to put a mask on before I have this conversation. They would literally just be like, Thank you, take the mask, and they put it in their pocket. Like, anyway, what do you have for my insurance? I'm like, Put your mask on. Like, no, I'm fine. Like, I don't give a fuck about you. I literally wouldn't care if you died tomorrow. I'm doing this for me. Put the fucking mask on. (laughs) And those respirators, so like the little ones that actually do help, they look kind of like doctor's masks, but they're actually respirators in there. Uh, They're they're sold out on like Amazon, everything. Like, everybody, nobody can find them for Gwyneth Paltrow has all of them. They're she only for vagina rocks. She's just hoarding them. Yeah. So did this come from someone in China yeah. eating a bat? No. It, so it starts from bats. Most coronaviruses start in bats. Uh, it's not from bat soup? No. They start in bats. How do you know? We Bats have this. Because he ate bat soup this morning. So, it's fine. So bats have this weird thing where if you're around them and you're a mammal, you're kind of fucked because they have a really, really high functioning immune system that helps them fly and not get inflammation responses and stuff. Basically, as a mammal, they have an incredibly fast metabolism but have been able to balance it out with a really good that immune system. That was the original Batman comic. He didn't know martial arts. Right. He wasn't rich. He just couldn't get sick. <laughs> well, Batman's kind of a good example. Here's why. You take Batman and then you train him, right? And he becomes the best trained fighter ever and then he can go up and beat the shit out of the joker and stuff right only one person at a time coronaviruses going through bats are going through that training like they're going through the batman training only when they get out of bats now every all the supervillains are bats we human beings are just regular people and they beat the fuck out of us because they're so used to a bat's immune system. I love the idea of Batman beating up children. That's what I'm yes. thinking right now. Yeah. Just... yeah, that's what it's like. people. Animal people. <laughs> well, it goes usually goes through a bat and then goes through an intermediate species. In this case, we think it's the pangolin. And so it goes out of the bat into What's another wrong with mammal. penguins. Pangolin. <laughs> pangolin. Oh, the penguin is the bad damn damn enemy. Oh man. It's, it's not the penguin. It's the pangolin. And it went through that into human beings. How that. how do that when the penguin can't fly? <laughs> But yeah, so eventually, uh, it's uh, if you trace it all back. By the way, it, it goes back to like illegal bushmeat trades and stuff in China too. So, 
Uh, maybe human beings deserve it for killing all those fucking animals. Fucking AIDS came from eating monkeys. This thing came from yeah. fucking eating bats. Can we just agree on just keeping it at chickens and cows yeah. from now on? No more weird fucking eating of, <laughs> of mammals. You hear me, Asia? Yeah. <laughs> you hear me? Stop eating shark fins. Yeah. Stop eating bats. No more monkey. Howard, it's because they keep eating all that weird shit, Howard. That rhino horn is not going to give you an erection. Here is some Viagra. Please stop ruining the planet. Well, here's, here's my thoughts. On I that. ate a lion. Couldn't get a bone of Howard. <laughs> Here's my thoughts. Uh, Ryan, you got to rebalance your portfolio. I've on the last like 4%. <laughs> yeah, 20% is crazy. <laughs> yeah, 20,000. You're 20,000. Yeah, because that, the, the, yeah, the market didn't die that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to hold on. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, anyway, let's call it a week. Any shows coming up, guys? Uh, the day this airs will be Nerd Night, uh, 7 p.m. at Ken Club in San Diego. Come on out to Nerd Night. And on March 4th, which is the day after this airs, I will be headlining the Comedy Palace uh, in Kearney Mesa. It's funny, as we do these things, I'm checking my calendar, and I'm like, all right, Comedy Palace in Kearney Mesa, and on the 25th, I'll be in therapy with Dr. Weck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go all the week. I'm Ryan for Dave and Bobby saying see you next week, cruising with the twos. Fuck you, my kids are funnier than you. Motherfucking time is passing by